Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice, all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it. And we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello, and welcome to episode nine of the Succession Recap Podcast. This one, oh my God, what can I say? Blood sacrifice. It's all happening. I am Felix Salmon of Axios. I'm here with Emily Peck of HuffPost, although technically I'm not here. I'm in California. Emily is in the studio with HuffPost. Well, Emily, since you're in the studio, why don't you introduce our amazing guests? for this episode. Well, Felix, I'm here with the amazing Lizzie O'Leary, who is new to Slate and about to start a whole other podcast here. I'm formerly of Marketplace. Marketplace, Bloomberg, other places. And Lizzie has brought her husband. I've brought my husband. Who she will introduce. I've brought John Collins of Elevator (laughs) Repair Service, noted theater director. Hello, John. And succession fan. John, you were just explaining that that we have, what is it, two Romans, a Logan and a Marsha? No, Tom. I'm Tom. A Tom. He's a Tom. We have all taken the BuzzFeed quiz. Which We've all Roy taken the BuzzFeed you? quiz. I, uh, I turned out to be Roman. Who are you, Emily? I too, Felix, am Roman. <laughs> wow, we can't have two Romans hosting Fuck this. Fuck off! So, <laughs> Jasmine, disconnect Felix, quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Logan. Get out. Just get out. But Lizzie is Logan. Course, Lizzie Logan. is, of course, a Logan. I, I don't know whether to be insulted or flattered. Not surprised. I did promise Lizzie mm. when, when I invited her on the show that I would make it clear to every single listener that she in no way know how not in the slightest bit resembles Siobhan. She is a Logan. She does. Emily's saying I do. <laughs> John? She does a You little. have red hair. Ish. There but are worse I, people to resemble. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was well, actually, it was one of our honeymoon pictures that on Instagram, Felix commented, hi, Shiv, <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> that was for some other reason, though, I you, think. We were in a hot tub drinking champagne. Oh, okay. You guys, can we talk about this episode? Because there's oh a lot God. to get into. Roman may be dying. We don't know. He's being held hostage for starters. Although right there at the end, he got called into the other room well, by, by name. And maybe this is just an elaborate way this deal is being worked out. Maybe. Well, I, I think there's more to it than the deal, but they are definitely... I, the one thing I, that really struck me about this episode is that all three of the kids turn out to be unbelievably actually competent for once. Yes, I had the hmm. same exact thought. Like, I've never Under seen pressure. Roman being just so good Except at doing Connor. anything. Roman rises to the occasion. Roman, like, underneath his, you know, what, what did Shiv call him? A toddler with a hard-on mm-hmm. exterior. There's that amazing piece, which I missed. I actually watched this episode twice, and I missed it the first time. I, only, I picked it up the second time when... Jamie, the banker, and Roman in the back of the car going to the meeting. And Jamie's like, you want me to give you 20 of my best minutes on Turco-Azerbaijani relations? And Roman's like, I know it all. I'm like, actually, and he actually like, does. the oil he pipeline cooperation, the right. military and diplomatic links, or the deeper cultural sympathies. He's like, he knows his 
he's he's well briefed. He's on top of it. Like maybe the fuck up cut up act is just an act and actually he knows what hmm. he's doing. I mean, well, you know, huh? I think why he displayed such competence it's because he had just a little bit of love and support from his father, who actually took him aside and was like, you can do this. And that's all terrified. these kids need. They just need a parent to be like, you are good. I love you and you can do this. Oh, I mean, you're say so I love you, but. much more. I don't know. You have more faith than I do. I like sarcastically wrote, why is Roman on the upswing? It's not at all clear to me that he has the stuff. I, I don't know if he has how much stuff do you actually well, I mean, need? We don't know. We don't, don't know, know that he has the stuff. But this has definitely been a part of, I want to say, the past four episodes of yeah. the season is is Roman actually becoming a serious player in the way that he wasn't for the first one and a half seasons, basically. Well, Logan keeps teasing that, like goes to him was it this this episode where he told him he's like no you're you're really yeah, smart yeah. you can do you can do this yeah but roman was terrified and Rhea told, he was Rhea told logan yeah Ray, Rhea was saying nice things about roman to logan right like jerry doesn't seem to completely just laugh at him mm-hmm. there, there's there is this idea that that and it's new i think in in the second half of this season that he's competent but they are all performing under pressure when their backs are against the wall, and there's an existential threat to Waystar Royco. Roman, like, does exactly what he's meant to do. Shiv does exactly what she's meant to do. Kendall does exactly what he's meant to do. It's kind of amazing. And I thought it was also remarkable that in the hostage situation, I thought Roman was, like, pretty remarkably chill. In, in he this, was pretty for, chill. I mean, because there was the other guy. His um, chin and his chest where it was it, is. Was it Carl? Carl, Carl was, was like, just like losing it. Um, I um, just... FYI, I'm having a bit of a, a panic attack. And, you know, and his hand, as soon as they asked if they were foreign nationals, his hand was already in the air even before they discussed whether they disclose it or said, not. I am currently having a yeah. panic attack. <laughs> so, can I just say, you guys remember it, two years ago when the, what, 30 Saudi Yes, exactly. This was the parallel. This was, was the it parallel. Not? Yes, when, we're, we're locked up in the Ritz Carlton in the Ritz Carlton in Riyadh. Riyadh. Yes, as part was, of an anti-corruption drive. Right. I was googling this as we were. I was like, oh, oh, I know what this is. I thought there were, yeah, the parallels. I, I said there were parallels to um to the Saudis and MBS a few episodes ago when oh, we first totally. met that guy, yeah. and now it seems like incredibly obvious that this parallel is there. Yeah, I yeah. mean, when there was this one reference to Baku and you're like oh he's not Saudi he's Azerbaijani that's weird but he always felt felt Saudi and now they're they're just upping the Saudi parallels here even unto the anti-corruption campaign which ultimately was an attempt by MBS to consolidate power and to bring assets under his own grip and if that's what's happening here in the show again if he's wanting to consolidate assets, one of the assets he'd love to consolidate would be Waystar Royka. So the deal could well be on. Roman can still be the hero. Well, except that the guy who Roman's Edward is Edward, Edward is Edward the, like the princeling to bet on, or is somebody else? Didn't he say like his cousin was doing that? Like I'm wondering yeah, like, if maybe they bet on the wrong horse. Like the person. No, who I think what power, happened was that. Edward brought in the deal flow. He was going to do it for his dad, and now it's his brother-in-law, sister, or someone. But, like, the deal is still happening, mm. even if it's not Edward as the principal anymore. Seems like a great, you definitely <clears throat> want to do a deal with people who have guns and lock you in a sure. hotel. That seems like a well, way better than going a, to Congress. A string of subplots around this deal for the next season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So should we get to the main event? For the next yes. season? You, you don't think that's going to get sewn up, like, by the end of... Um, or the next episode. episode. <laughs> we don't know. Listeners, I mean, one know. thing about Succession know. is it moves fast. Everything that you think is going to take a season to resolve winds up resolving in like an episode or two. That was the great thing about yeah. season yeah. one, right? The whole thing was like, was Logan going to recover? And then he does. And you're like, oh, well, that right. whole thing, which was meant to drive the whole season, is going to have to get replaced by something else. And it was. True. A season in every episode. The, so let's talk I, about the can hearings. Can we talk out, about the hearings? Well, okay, I just want to I just want to ask um, John one question though. Okay. I don't know if you noticed this at the beginning of the episode. It said, "Written by Jesse Armstrong." Oh yeah, I've never seen that. 
I, I mean, I might not have noticed it before, but it's certainly the first time I've seen it. The showrunner wrote this episode. What does that mean? It usually means it's going to be a significant episode. I mean, you know, it, it's like when um, Matt Weiner would write a Mad Men episode. I mean, they crammed a lot into this baby. I mean, yeah. the Roman thing was just a subplot and the, right. the main thing was the DC hearings. Right. But even that was wasn't the whole thing. Right. Well, one thing John said last night, which hopefully will be a nice segue for us. One thing John said when we were watching this was that this was a much more procedural episode in a lot of ways. Like a lot of stuff happened versus a psychological chess game. Mm-hmm. Right. This was this was more law and order than than the usual, you know, psychodrama. Given how like the the Ianucci DNA is is sort of part of what Jesse Armstrong does, I was surprised how few like really comic moments there were this was n- this was not succession as comedy at that's all that's right it was harder to, there was were not as many uh best line choices this time around right. i mean we had tom Wamsgans practically in tears after his really bad what does he have two assholes now <laughs> testimony before <laughs> not, congress not to, like to be married Greg. to a man with two assholes oh my god his can we just talk <laughs> about that line. i yeah. mean that's like a reporter's Although, dream cuz you watch these hearings as a reporter and you just want to like shoot yourself in the face but <laughs> the questioning of tom Wamsgans before this committee big, was incredible i have a big issue with this though okay. and I don't, we didn't talk but, about but this but wait hang on if we're talking about good lines can we just mention yeah. a smirking block of domestic feta. Yes. <laughs> I didn't I didn't manage line. to scribble that one down, but I remember it. No, my issue with it was that and and it's all about Tom's poor performance and since I'm speaking as Tom today. <laughs> um how in the world were they uh surprised by all of that? How was Jerry not involved in all those emails being subpoenaed? Like how all of a sudden does uh, does Congress have all that information and they have no idea they got it from them? That was a bit of a MacGuffin too. I didn't understand how they had the emails. And I, I'm not familiar with, maybe Felix, you would be, but other hearings where, you know, uh, CEOs and, and whatnot, executives are brought forward and they have that level of detail. Like box X number is missing mm. from the file. And they had Greg's detail? name on a log. They, they had some of that. Felix, do you remember the the Carl Levin's Goldman Sachs hearings where they re- referred to like very specific mortgage tranches? Like that was something mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I felt like that was one where they're like, well, you called. I can't even now remember the names of the of the collateralized debt, but they had these like very specific names for them and they were calling up internal emails about how like okay. this thing was a piece of right, shit. But, right. No, you you can that de- I mean the Senate committees definitely have subpoena power and they can definitely subpoena these kind of emails. I think there was a little bit of artistic license in terms of the amount of time it takes to these emails and go through them. And I think that John is exactly right that that whole process of discovery is done with full visibility by Jerry and everyone else, and they know exactly what um, Gil has. So the idea that Gil is going to ambush Tom with these emails is unlikely. Uh, But then again, Tom didn't look like he was surprised that Gil had the emails. He just looked like he had no idea how to answer the question. I mean, he looked a little for sure, but if you're executive going in front of Congress... You shouldn't be surprised. That well, means first your team he denied did a bad job. knowing yeah. who Greg is, and <laughs> then had to revise that. I mean, Wait, it was classic Tom can we just stuttering. Can you can't, can't make, make an omelet without making a without breaking some Gregs. A tomlet without breaking some Gregs. Sent that email to him what like eighty five times, sixty seven like, times. I mean, oh my times. god. Do you know what is special about the hours between three a.m. and five a.m. on the night of March twelfth? Uh, no, sir. That was the only two-hour period in which you did not send an email to Mr. Hirsch with the title, You Can't Make a Tomlet Without Breaking Some Greggs. You sent the same email to him 67 times in one evening. I guess it was a joke. <laughs> right. They were supposed to be destroying evidence together, top secret, and he's emailing him 67 times, times, presumably <laughs> about that? That was I have to say, I thought that the the few pages that Greg grabbed out of the fire pit were going to come into this episode. Mm. I thought that was going to have some play. 
I think that comes. I think that comes when. Um, okay, so this is my theory that the blood sacrifice is Tom and Greg, and that after being sacrificed by the Roy family, Greg winds up squealing to the feds, handing over his few pages of paper, and you know being a cooperating witness. That is. And 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 that's where that whole subplot and the audio recordings and everything else. I strongly disagree. We're all with shaking you, our heads. Well, you. look, I strongly I think disagree the idea, about who the blood sacrifice. I think the is. idea of of Greg somehow turning that way is. I bet that's right. I but think Greg I don't, wants those for the money, so he can go to Logan. I don't think that last line, that blood sacrifice line, the way he said it, could. I mean, it 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 takes some weight away from it if if he's talking about Tom. He's talking about. Kendall. He's talking about Kendall. He's talking he's about, about Kendall. One hundred percent, because he says to Shiv, he said, "Ken, I forget what he, I didn't write it down, but like Kendall came out like a fighter, but that's not going to be enough for these vegetarians we on and the board." That about three times. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I really think he's setting Kendall up. I mean, he threw to him in the hearing to sell him out, which right. fine, and then he made that comment to Shiv, and then very close to that comment mentions blood sacrifice and the whole arc of the season has kind of been Kendally like at the beginning Kendall I mean this was the hearing was really like a comeback for Kendall from doing that sort of disastrous appearance on TV in the My first dad's episode plan was better <laughs> yes exactly where he's like dripping wet from the spa and they shuttle him off he really like does a comeback but I feel like He's not going to end on the up. Like he is the blood sacrifice, and Logan and he can't fight already. Back. He's he, he's completely you know he's, he's compromised. Yeah. He is compromised well, in a way that um what's his name Bill who they want to kill cannot be killed because he has the compromise. He says totally. I have it all in my diary. Exactly. I should write a book. Yeah. <laughs> so like he takes himself out of it, and I, I feel like we've set up Kendall for a fall. But I don't know. Kendall's blood. <laughs> he is blood. Tom's not blood. No. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. There are two things. These are tiny details, but that I loved that are at the top of the episode that sort of set up, I don't know, the research that I feel like the succession team does. Number one is the like faux 60 Minutes interview. And they aped the 60 Minutes shot style. They aped the talking nose like right down to these very tight, you know, specifically lit 60 Minute shots. And then the other thing and I think it's when they're watching the 60 Minutes, the faux 60 Minutes, is Katrina, uh, not Katrina, Carolina, that's her name. Her Carolina. tweet deck flying yes, by. Yes, tweet deck. <laughs> tweet deck. I was like, oh my God, the she's seeing deck. how it's yeah. landing. <laughs> they had a couple yeah, of tweet deck tweet shots deck. In, um, in the hearing room, in the in like the back mm. room. Someone else had tweet deck up too. Might have been Carolina Maybe, again, yeah, yeah. but I was like, that is so accurate. Yes. <laughs> oh. Mr. Fuck yeah, is going and that to whole thing where that—I mean, I saw out of the corner of my eye how they did that establishing shot of him walking through the Union Square Green Market because that's what like normal, you know, um, I don't know, organic biodynamic people do or something. <laughs> it, may, it makes him feel more trustworthy yep. that he's in a green market. But that—that's so you know, TV. Should we talk a little bit about what? went down on the cruise ships? Or are we all in agreement of what went down, basically? Well, a bunch know, of sexual harassment and people jumping overboard? Well, we know about Lester threatening the performers with their jobs unless they have sex with him. Uh, and there was refer- there were references to bodies overboard. And mm-hmm. what was the acronym? And Not incident, real, no real person no involved. Real no person real person involved. involved. Yeah. Like, I felt like that was that was like of a larger significance yeah. because to the Roys there are no real people unless it's maybe family maybe family like maybe there just are some Logan. incidentals but mm-hmm. no yeah. real person involved no real person involved was just like oh and do we buy Shiv's uh, convincing the witness not to yeah let's dig into Shiv that that oh. was that was an impressive performance by Shiv because it came after an equally impressive performance by Rhea. 
like there was that thing where she just kind of waltzes into the apartment. She goes, as I understand it, we have nothing to be guilty about. Oh, I yeah. look forward to getting more involved. Toodle pip and then leaves. Yeah. Toodle pip. And then and then that's like she's like, I can say the words in a vaguely convincing manner. And then Shiv comes out and does an actual act of turning someone around and being convincing in a way that Ray is probably, I don't know, maybe she can do it, but maybe she couldn't. Maybe she didn't want to get her hands dirty. Well, and she's also not kind of internally broken about it in the way that I think Shiv is. Or I don't, I, so I watched this having just finished, uh, she said, Jody Cantor and Megan Tui's book about you know, breaking on the Harvey Weinstein stuff and there's a whole section about Christine Blasey Ford. And there are two things that totally stuck out to me. One, there's this like random throwaway line, Jerry mentioning NDAs. And it was like, the oh, NDAs start dominoing. The, NDO, the NDAs yeah. start dominoing. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, how many NDAs are there in the Roy world that we don't know about and how many secret settlements? And then this... Like devastating line of shivs. That's all you'll ever be. Mm-hmm. And it's both accurate and not, and cruel. And all I could think about is just like the competing impulses that are going on in this woman's mind. I mean, shivs job is. But let's masterful. unpack this. I actually thought the hearings Let, let's too unpack had an this echo a little to bit the, because oh, just to the Kavanaugh. The okay, Felix. To the Kavanaugh hearings because it was very much like. <laughs> Part one and part two. And if you remember the Kavanaugh hearings after part one, everyone was like, Christine Blasey Ford was so great. Kavanaugh's going down, blah, blah, blah. And um, after part one of the hearing, it was like, oh, my God, Waystar Royco is going down. Then the second part, it was very eerily similar to Mm -hmm. Kavanaugh where Kendall comes out and he just pushes back and he's super aggressive and fights and it it kind of like reminds me of that. And then you have the Republican senator who's like, yes. Yes, exactly. And he turns (laughs) it around with just like naked aggression and attack and I don't know, maybe that's a common thing. If I ever get called up before a hearing. With a fist pump from Connor Yes, third row. (laughs) Yes. But what were you going to say, Felix? So, yeah, I, I think Lizzie is exactly right and the other big thing which was just pure coincidence and there's no way that the writers could ever have known about this was that it came out this episode came out the same week as Irin Carmon's piece in New York magazine mm. about like the the way that the women of the Me Too movement have suffered in exactly the way that Shiv said that she was going to suffer but the NDA's dominoing um I think is is super interesting and I want to know more Lizzie from you about how that works the way i see it is that what happens in in theory is that this woman comes out in public and says very much in public um dear waste royco can you waive my nda so that i can talk about all of this in public and they have to say yes because to say no would be suicidal and then once they waive that one they feel the need to waive all of the other ones, and then all of the other ones start coming out. Is that am I right about that? I don't. I don't know about the sort of wave the NDA part of it. I mean, they're just breaking them. They're just yeah. I mean, that was one of the things that that is in. She said is the sort of these women wrestling with if I break my NDA, like, am I going to be liable for millions of dollars? Is the Weinstein company going to come after me? Probably. Yeah, they have some big scary lawyers. I mean, I would assume. Well, there's some that that mm. you know. Well, Rape I think star Shitko th- also th- there's, there's, a, there's a Murdoch parallel here, of course, which is the Roger Ailes investigation. Yeah. Where the women started coming out and making accusations about Roger Ailes, and they were all under NDAs. And then 21st Century Fox came out and said, we are basically releasing you from your oh, NDAs for the purposes of this that. investigation. With Weinstein, I think it was more like once the women started talking, the Weinstein company just didn't go out. They didn't pursue. They didn't them. go out. But there, were, but there's this whole section in the book where they really go into. And I can't remember which woman it was. There are two women in England. I don't know if it's Zelda Perkins or if it's uh, Laura Madden. I think her name is. And it's like a very specific question of like, will I be liable for all this money? Mm-hmm. Will they go after me? Mm-hmm. And when she and she breaks it. But in yeah. those cases, and then the, in the end, Weinstein, a, they go bankrupt, yeah. and it's like moot. Whatever. But there's somebody yeah. to take the fall there. That's a company distancing itself from. I mean, I, I don't know. Roger Ailes is not some insignificant employee, but in this case, it's it's the whole company has something at stake. They can't. They're trying to figure out who they can distance themselves from, but right. they can't figure out who to do that. So that's why blood sacrifice. Blood is sacrifice. Mm-hmm. 
the buck stops with Bill, but no, it does but not. It does not. It needs to stop. It needs to stop a little higher up. Can't kill Bill. I also thought one uh, of the um, <laughs> that was their joke. One of the good um, <laughs> real life parallels to these hearings was the hacking scandal that News Corp went through a mm. few years ago. And if you'll remember, Rupert Murdoch and his son James appeared before Parliament. And that's famous because Murdoch got a pie in the face. And Wendy Dang like jumped in Yeah, and Wendy Dang, his wife, jumped in and took the pie for him. So that was like really got all the attention. But also what happened was Murdoch looked kind of like old when he testified. And um, it was kind of like the beginning of the end, I think, for people would agree, for News Corp. And also for his son, James, who like never really his um, big deal that he was shepherding through the B-Sky Oh, B deal yeah. kind of fell through after those hearings. You'll remember the um, news of the world, the tabloid was hacking into like everybody's voicemails to like f- figure out what was going on. And um, News Corp never really recovered from that. And I feel like that's a big parallel. They, they shut here. down the entire paper. They shut down the whole paper. Right. Yeah. And some someone went to jail. I forget. I was reading about it the other night. But Andy um, Coulson, was it? I think Andy, Andy Coulson and Rebecca Brooks. Yeah, Rebecca Brooks. Rebecca never went to jail. Went to jail. Okay. Go to jail. It was bad. It was really bad for them. And I feel like that's the the parallel here. Because I thought about Ailes too, but this is kind of a more like company behaving badly rather than man behaving badly inside the company and being protected. Although that is part of it. It's kind of like a mishmash. So I have a question about Logan in the hearings. He he kind of falters and daughters for a moment. Was that Real? Was that him playing Kendall? What, what was happening there? See, I think this I think has been going on real. a lot. I think that was the the low blood sugar thing. And wait, who is the the PR guy who seems Hugo, to have become right? suddenly Fisher a Stevens? Thing? Hugo Fisher Stevens. <laughs> is that his real name? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it is Fisher Stevens. Where 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 Jerry's like, yeah, low blood sugar, and 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 Hugo goes, can you give him a chocolate suppository? Just slip a Snickers bar up there. <laughs> One last time, just in case they're super direct, did you, Logan Roy, witness any assaults on your ships or take part in them? I'm not going to answer a fucking question like that. I uh, I thought that's just a no. I'm yeah. not dignifying that fucking question with an answer. You can both fuck off. Okay. Is he okay? Oh, blood sugar. Can you uh, give him a chocolate suppository? Just a slip a Snickers bar up there. But this is a thing about that about that kind of behavior from Logan. There's been a little bit more of that in the last three episodes or so where he he seems he gets a little confused or he gets a little soft. Like he got real soft with Shiv a couple of times, one time right before he turned on her mm. uh, about mm. the putting herself up for CEO of, of Pierce. And I wonder if some of this isn't some calculated scheming on his part or part of how he was he was setting it up to throw it to Kendall or I have two thoughts one is like it seemed put on to me a little bit just because prior to acting all doddering and stuff he was like quipping back towards the congressman right yeah. they said yeah. oh, well I'm not gonna compare to Emerson blah 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 he said some great line um, so it did seem kind of like he switched from being kind of sharp and with it to doddering possibly on purpose but then the other thing i was going to say that moves to the doddering camp is the opening scene of the episode where he's walking slowly in central park like an old man Mm -hmm. he just looks like such an old man taking his like constitutional and then he comes out comes out of the elevator and it's like dim and the elevator opens and the bright light hits him in the face and he's just like squinting and looking away and he just seems he seems like he's really feeling his age i guess i'm just afraid to, to not always suspect that he's up to something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like Shiv said to the woman, I don't trust my father. Right, right. Which was, of course, like the thing that made her believable, I guess, the tr- on the part was, of the woman. She was she, telling the truth. She was telling the truth, right, or some version yeah. of the truth. But yeah. still in no, the, way, the way to way. persuade <laughs> someone is the, uh, to successfully manipulate them is, is to tell the truth. You're much more likely to do that than you are if you lie to them. Yeah, these people are pros. I have a, a obsession that kind of runs through my, my watching of Succession, and it happens in the scene where Shiv is trying to persuade the, the woman whose name I've forgotten. That's really sad that now we're all just calling her the victim. woman. Victim. Victim. Right. That's <laughs> all you'll ever name. be. <laughs> um, Sorry. Is the weaponization of the phrase, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh gets used a lot <laughs> in Succession. The, the, the woman uses it when she's kind of disbelieving and uh-huh. listening to Shiv. Shiv uses it in her like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, Logan uses kind it all the time. Circ- I'm getting there. Okay. 
in her, Shiv's like, "Uh uh-huh. And then Logan's like, "Uh uh-huh, is his real signal of like, you're a piece of shit and I'm not listening to you. That's true. That's right up there with all due respect, which gets used a lot in the show as well. All due respect and then some awful insults right after. No one respects anyone in this show. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I I mean, I just want to come back to this idea of of telling the truth versus lying, though, because I think it's fascinating the way that Shiv gets this done by telling the truth in a way that Rhea, when she comes in and gives her pep talks and, and, and says, um, we have nothing to be guilty about, she just lies, right? She, the, the, the way that she thinks she you can change the facts on the ground is by lying to people, and then that doesn't work. And she winds up just being incapable of doing this job that, I'm pretty sure she did want at least an episode or two ago. Yeah, What makes her change her mind? I think she just, like she said, she can't see the bottom of the pool. And it's clear that we aren't at the bottom of the pool yet. There's going to be more coming out. And it it honestly seemed like she was just not comfortable with just how dirty this company is. And that she maybe, she said like the details, she didn't realize in the details how dirty the company is. And maybe that she has some kind of, could it be? conscience or is it that she doesn't want to get on a sinking ship i think she just realized that she was being screwed over by being given the job i yeah it's she's the one character who i've had trouble with like her her motivations and her and like the rapidity of her trajectory shifts i think where i'm like wait you wanted this one thing and then you like believed in Logan, is that because you there was maybe romance or you wanted the company or like it's so rapid where I was having a hard time with it. Are you saying it wasn't believable that he would name her his successor at all? No, I think it, it I think his standpoint was believable. Hers wasn't to me. I was like, wait, sorry, suddenly you're like organizing the party and I don't know. Also, no Marsha in this episode. <laughs> and funny. Roman tries to talk Marcia. to Logan about it. An, ap- an episode without Marsha is always going to be a suboptimal episode. Yeah. I feel like M- Marsha is, you You want to think there's something amazing there, but like we really haven't seen, uh, th- I know you're going to get mad at me, but have we really seen that much great stuff from Marsha? Only a little bit. And there's all this mystery packed into her about her her mysterious background and there's all these, you know, blank spaces that we keep waiting to get filled in. Like yeah. they're going to move the plot in some really big way. And I thought that about her. I thought that about Connor's presidential campaign, which we have heard almost nothing about. Con heads. Except the we con, had con heads. heads. The con heads. But Can I use that? <laughs> the con heads. But the other one who <laughs> really fascinates me is, totally um, <laughs> is Naomi. Yeah. Who, oh, like yeah. in the beginning of the season, she's like the diehard, I will never go anywhere near the Roy family who are evil. And by this episode, she's literally turning up in the halls of Congress to, to offer more support. <laughs> I mean, sex with you're Kendall like, cannot be that great that you're just like, whatever. <laughs> so, what's going on with Naomi? I always think something's going on with anybody who does anything. I think they have a burgeoning relationship. I think their relationship makes total sense. They have similar stories. They're nihilists, They can relate to each other. Yeah, nihilists, exactly. She doesn't actually believe in anything, possibly. I don't know about that. Yeah. I'm not sure if I can make that leap. But I don't they have quite affection. Know. They have affection for each other. And it's clear that Logan, like, despises her. Yeah, which is always 
which is going to always be a problem for Kendall. Like, yeah. he can never stray from his father's approval that much. I really thought he was... Well, like, I mean, like, Kendall Logan despised his her. airhead girlfriend, and that caused Kendall to just dump the airhead girlfriend. But right. Kendall has something going with Naomi, which is much deeper than he had with the airhead girlfriend. I feel like with the airhead girlfriend, it was like when someone comes over to your house and you realize, like, how dusty it is. It's like you need someone else's perspective to show you, like, how ridiculous <laughs> your choice is. <laughs> But with Naomi, it's kind of a different thing. I mean, that must be such a rarefied universe to inhabit, not only their sort of uber-rich children thing, but, like, the the ones who have had the drug problems and have, like, caused embarrassment or whatever it is. Like, there's got to be, like, three people on the planet who get it. Yeah, they get each other. And I thought they had such a connection in the helicopter that he was going to confess to her right there about the car accident. Mm. I really thought that was going to happen there, and I still am holding out some. Well, maybe he already has. He's desperate to confess. Yeah. Oh my god, he really couldn't tell his mother. Honestly, she's a better person to confess to than his mom. He's not going to get that opportunity, I don't think. And did you notice, like, um, I think it was in the back room at the hearing and someone said something about people going overboard and dying. They cut to Kendall. That's on purpose, right? They cut to him to, like, make you think about that. that. I've noticed it in a few, like, little places where the death thing comes up, overboard comes up, cut to Kendall. So I feel like I really want them to make those two things collide somehow. But that maybe just information has to come out. Uh, Kendall's going to implode. Well, that's the rule, right? You can't have a gun Maybe. in the first act and not blah, blah, blah. I don't know. <laughs> John. <laughs> and, and, and not blah, blah, blah in the second act, right? <laughs> something, something, check off something. Um, <laughs> talking about information coming out, though, another big question I had was that both Logan and Jerry at the top of the episode make reference to the weasel being backed by... Sandy. And my question mm. is, do they believe that the weasel is backed by Sandy or do they just want to say that they think that the weasel is backed by Sandy because that will help them in the proxy fight and somewhere deep down they know that he's actually being backed by Ewan? Are, are we sure it's Ewan? I know you think so. I think it's Ewan. Do you, are you not sure it's Ewan? I think that's a really good theory. I, I don't know. I like it. I but don't isn't think so. all of Ewan's money tied up in Roystar stock? They, we they, don't know. Felix and and he might have sold last it. Last week they yeah, said he, he sold, sold it, and he right. just has. They said to me, well, Emily, no, he has just has treasury bonds now. No, so you know it's what? I, <laughs> that's what they told me. I last noted week. that last week when you guys talked about that, right. and I thought, but wait, that's a significant amount of stock. Wouldn't that have raised some alarms? Wouldn't that have caused the price of the stock to drop if somebody had suddenly unloaded that much of it? Well, well not he might have unloaded. Who's saying it was sudden? Yeah. Right, uh, like if he if he'd sold. I see. Know. Yeah, I think it's an open question as to who is bankrolling uh, the weasel. I mean, but he is came to that board meeting. All right, let me let me let me put it. Let me put it. I mean, who would turn down? No, no, they someone is bankrolling the weasel. dollars. I don't. Right. The question is not so much who is bankrolling the weasel and more. <laughs> if it comes out that Ewan is bankrolling the weasel, would Jerry and Logan be surprised? Hmm. Nah, they're not surprised by any fuckery, to use a succession word. Right? I mean, they expect because everyone Logan, to Because Logan can and... see two moves ahead, right? You know, the minute he hears there's a, a congressional hearing happening, the first thing he does is he grabs Ro- Logan, and, I mean, he grabs Roman and puts him on a plane to mm, Azerbaijan true. or Scotland or wherever Edward is. He can see what where, where this is going and he needs to cut it off somehow would being taken private by some murderous <laughs> edwards i don't know where they're from <laughs> where they, yeah. would that actually take the, thank you would that take the heat off this situation i mean i feel like once your reputation takes such a massive hit like it would if you have the 60 minute segment and you know incident no real person involved like even if you go private you're still like yeah, but a you, shell get, of, you get rid of the proxy battle and you get rid of the shareholder concerns. So you just go on yeah. being dickwads and it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, you I, just have your you had the right, you had the right uh, metaphor, Emily, earlier when you said, when you talked about the phone hacking scandal in the UK, which really, you know, was if, if you want something as big as this in real life, this was as big as this in real life yeah. in the UK. The entire Murdoch edifice in the UK just was, you know, their, their reputation was completely ruined. Mm-hmm. And yet they managed to sort of sail through it while remaining public until very recently. So I think 
that, yeah, if you manage to avoid all public disclosures and accountability by getting <laughs> bought out by some Middle Eastern potentate, then that can only help, right? Yeah, I guess so. so and you have the wrong soccer team. <laughs> Hibs. <laughs> Hearts. Hibs, hearts, whatever they are. Go hearts. Hibs, whatever. (laughs) Go you, what is it? Go you something bastard? He says, go you lovely bastards. (laughs) (laughs) Really proud to be associated with you guys. Uh, Well, what the fuck can I tell you that you don't already know? You you got all this, guys. Don't worry about it. Because you guys are a team. And uh, when a team is a team... It can't actually physically be beaten. It's impossible. So go hard, go fast, go, you lovely bastards. Go, you lovely bastards. What the fuck am I supposed to say? Always there with the pep talk is Roman. <laughs> I just love the three of them going on their little trip together. Just a dipshit, a sex pest, and a grand old Duke of Dork on a Central Asian vacation. I just, that was <laughs> yeah, like, wait, com- how is, is the that sex comic pest? relief? Um, that's Roman must be the Which one pest? is the sex pest? The one Roman's in the back. No, oh, yeah, he's this. Yeah. Dork, it, Duke of Dork is Laird. It's Roman. Oh. oh no, Roman's la- a sex pest. I don't know. Roman's the sex pest. Yeah, I think so. Maybe he's referring to himself with all three. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just Roman alone, and those are just apparition <laughs> characters with him. Well, seriously, I mean, at the end when when they're like, Roman Roy, can you come with us? And he stands up and walks, and then his two, you know... Jamie and Carl um, are just like, whatever, dude. J- Jamie and Carl Jamie just and like, Carl. they just follow him. Yeah, they they're with him. J- There's entourage. Jamie, Jamie and Carl, they, they're just like, well, we're Roman, so we, we, we walk with him. <laughs> Proves it. I also, one thing I wanted to just note is the scenes this season with Shiv walking places. That's a thing, right? Yeah, it is a thing. <laughs> There's a lot of striding. She's always striding and walking with purpose, yeah. like this time through the... And, and walking down those stairs in the middle of the stairs, just like staring straight ahead as she's, as she's going off to Gil's office. Yeah, no one else walks like Shiv in this in this series. Hello, I'm Immy Harper. On the slow newscast from Tortoise, I tell the story of how a Hong Kong billionaire was silenced. I got bombs thrown into my house. I got people camp here, ransacked my computer. And I, I got people threatening me. I got this and that, but I'm safe. And what it reveals about the freedoms Hong Kong no longer enjoys. Listen to Hong Kong's rebel billionaire on the slow newscast, wherever you get your podcasts. So one thought I had watching this as someone who covered Congress for like six years was they actually did a pretty good job of getting what it feels like to be in hearing right. And also, more importantly, the interiors of Congress, like they they shot in the Hart Building or at least if not the actual building, a very, very good facsimile of the Hart Building, which is the newest of the Senate office buildings named after Phil Hart, former senator from Michigan, um, who was an incredible man. Um, and that to me, I don't know. It just, they're good at it. There are often things that are set in fake Washington where you're like, no, 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 that's not the state department. The state department is actually a super ugly building. Like that ornate thing that you have decided is a building is just wrong. Like this actually felt pretty good. I did take issue with the lighting. You did take issue with the lighting. Because those hearings are always bathed in flat fluorescent light. And this was very theatrical, the lighting. Well, I'm glad for that, I think. Director. This is a director. (laughs) This is why we have him He notices these things. So, so Lizzie, when when Shiv is striding down the yeah, that was a made-up building though. in the middle of the stairs to to go off to Gil's office. That's that's a made-up building. That's a total like, made-up building. Tell me about the the visuals there. Like, is this this is like the most power exec that we've and she's been pretty power exec the whole season, right? Right. And then Her like trench coat to, blazer dress thing. Yeah. yeah. No turtleneck this <laughs> it was time. Kind no of amazing. turtleneck. Power no dress. Catherine Hepburn mm-hmm. pants. Like yeah. this was yeah. Yeah, yeah because like heels. in the last episode, you had that backless turtleneck, right? Right. And yes. I recommend that there's a piece in the cut, I think, about all of, of Shiv's turtlenecks, oh. which I would recommend. We could put in the show notes this. <laughs> oh, I was fun yes, to, read. I to read that because they've definitely been a thing this season. Yeah. Um, which I, I, think are, I had a lot of quibbles with, with Shiv's clothes in the previous season. And and yet I think I was cur- like informed on this podcast that Elizabeth Murdoch was kind of like a random sloppy dresser for a while. 
So yeah, I think we thank first you. See whoever Shiv said that in the se- in the first season, we first see Shiv and she's wearing um, what's the name of that like poncho she's got on? Yeah, this like big sweater. Oh, terrible! Thing. You can see it like awful. a Grateful Dead parking yeah, lot totally. or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think now, there was talk as well about how like the pilot episode of the first season had a relatively limited budget, mm. and then once they started getting the HBO money, then. <laughs> Then it was like, let's then put her in some Mac Mara. On the, they on the bought costumes. clothes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they could no, buy she's, clothes. She's, getting, she's, she's like a Max Mara girl. And there was Mara, something about how she took her shoes off on the playground when yes. she was talking to Victim Lady. That Such was, a good move. It was the perfect thing to do. And they had the moment together. I hate yep. these shoes. Oh, uh, you know. Yeah. Oh, being a woman. Let me yeah. take off my shoes she and was, convince you to shut up. That yeah. was kind of her job, really. It was once again like, the lady, what does she call it? Like the lady shit work or something, she oh, says yeah. to Rhea. Yeah, it was once again kind of the female card being used to really not serve any female. Speaking of Rhea. Soft skills, lady duty shift yes. shit work. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Speaking of Rhea, an- yet another scene of Logan like screaming after a woman, like desperately kind of going yes. after Rhea the same way he went after Nan Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Throwing himself at the car window. Yeah. Funge yeah. me. <laughs> That's one of my lines. I'm sorry. This always happens. All right, John, what's what's your favorite line? Well, there went another one. Uh, You're going to take mine, aren't you? I'm going to try to go with one that that I don't think anyone's mentioned yet, which was a Frank line. uh, Are you now or have you ever been a member of the crew's dirty fuck party? (laughs) Dirty sex fuck party. I'm sorry, dirty sex fuck party. I was typing as fast as I could. (laughs) I mean, that's just the best, like, bringing in McCarthyism and all. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Honey, that was was my line. I also have what's it like to be married to a man with two assholes. Which someone said about Tom to Shiv was it that was uh, Victor Hugo, Hugo the PR guy. Victor Hugo that was Victor Hugo. Hugo. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Fisher Stevens as Victor Hugo. <laughs> Next week, the Succession musical. <laughs> Why not, Emily? Um, everyone's taken the good ones, but. Oh, I have some good ones in my oh, pocket. That's why I'm letting you go. Thank you I, for calling I, on me first. I really appreciate it. I believe that. it was Frank. I think it was Frank who said, if I was to give Tom a letter grade, I'd give him a B plus for bad plus terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. Mine, I, I loved Jerry's line to Tom where she goes, can you stop angsting? You're angsting me. <laughs> but the, the, the one which stuck with me was... The, and this was super smart, the way they did it. They were right next to each other in the way that it was cut between the subplot and the main plot. That you had Edward telling Roman, quote, it's an administrative action function when he was trying to explain what the you know terrorist situation was <laughs> and hostage situation. And then like one minute later, we are um, in the Senate and Tom goes... Senator, I use a variety of target-oriented incentives to enhance optimal performance. <laughs> he gets everyone laughing in the room, too, which is rare, I think. Human human footstool? <laughs> human <laughs> footstool <laughs> is a target-oriented incentive. I'll just leave it there. I, yeah. there's. I've, I've written down, it's not fun to think you might find a corpse in the freezer, Bluebeard. Which I guess someone said to Logan. That was Rhea saying that was Rhea. she was like she just married the bachelor and she's oh. rearranging his furniture and then finds right. corpse. I feel like I'm your prophylactic. A rubber you've slipped on so I can protect him. Rhea, that was not the idea. I can see I fulfill a useful role at this point, a more respectable flavor. Secure votes from shaky shareholders. You're good. A new broom. You're golden. It's fun to be the new bride. Rearranging the bachelor's apartment, putting flowers out. It's just not nice to think you might find a corpse in the freezer, you know, Bluebeard? Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I always think of Bluebeard's castle as being like a Bartok opera, but I think it predates that. I, as I'm not one sure what does. the corpse in the freezer <laughs> reference is to. I also but it's definitely think of to Bluebeard's castle opera. somehow. Well, what do you think Bluebeard's Castle is? I don't know. I thought of a pirate. I, I don't, I don't, I'm very basic. I thought she was just calling him No, old. I think Bluebeard, Bluebeard is like an Eastern European king who had all manner of, um, Amazing. I guess, corpses in his freezer. I want to live in your <laughs> I mean, brain you for like 30 minutes. You don't want like to keep him in the minutes. fridge. You want to keep your corpses in the freezer, not the fridge, I think. 
is yeah. obvious to all. I mean, of unless right. you're going to eat it in the next five yeah. days, exactly. don't keep them in the sauna it's, yeah, it's <laughs> in Iceland or whatever. Oh boy, <laughs> give them the silica mud treatment. <laughs> Did you guys catch when um, Logan's trying to explain to Rhea the history of just, again, fuckery at Waystar Royco, and he says something to her that's like, did you ever have an editor who put a, his hand up your sweater? <laughs> and it was like, what are you like, talking about? What? We're talking about like women going overboard on cruise ships. And he's like, did anyone ever touch you inappropriately? Come now. That's all this is. I, I was kind of watching that. I, I was like, that. Huh, that describes actually several people <laughs> I've worked for and places I've worked. But yeah, <laughs> she just kind but of. But I guess in. the implication there is that Rhea once upon a time was a journalist. Oh, yeah. That's what I thought, too, that she came up that way. If she way. hadn't oh. edited, that yeah. means that she was a journalist. No, that confused me for a second. And if she was a journalist, that means she was a journalist who then became CEO. And that is another reference not only to the Bancrofts but also oh. to Rebecca. the Murdochs, right? Because the because Dow Jones was run by what was his name? Peter Gann, something like that. Um mm-hmm. who the CEO of Dow Jones was a former journalist. And of course the CEO of News Corps is Robert Thompson, who's also a former journalist. Former journalist. I, you know, it's funny. I didn't actually take it that way. I thought it was like, didn't you have a former editor? Like, what w- wasn't there some Pierce former editor who must have done that? But I think you all are probably correct. I think both. Yeah. Also, her little inspirational lying speech, I feel like, was extremely accurate to the way that um, business people tend to talk. Oh, to specifically to news people. To news, yeah, like whenever I've been at any company and there's been layoffs or whatever, you always get that like very cheery, don't worry kind of speech. And I was just thinking how this undermines every speech I'll ever hear again (laughs) and every speech I've heard in in the past. Is anyone here watching The Loudest Voice? Because I started watching it. I didn't get very far, but there was lots of inspirational lying speeches by Russell Crowe playing Roger Ailes. Oh, and. And yeah, I wonder, I don't know, I feel maybe I've just been in the wrong news organizations, but I've never encountered an inspirational speech from anyone. Or maybe I was thinking hmm. more of like the reassuring speech after something bad happens where you're told everything's going to be okay. I've definitely been on the receiving end of those. Yeah, I've, I've never hmm. been reassured by one of those. Really, Felix? Oh, you, you're missing you, out. Maybe I'm just you mean simple. you've never been reassured <laughs> or you've never had one of those like land weirdly? To, on on you. I've definitely gotten speeches from executives where I'm like, <laughs> that's terrible. We're all screwed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so how do you think it landed? With that, that little baby speech that Rhea gives where she's like, we've got nothing to feel guilty about. Do you think that was the right, correct, and successful piece of inspirational rhetoric? Or do you think everyone just looked at her and, and rolled their eyes? I think they took it as like, that's the line we're going to take. Because right. like when they're watching the 60 Minutes episode, they can they can barely watch it, first of all. They can't stop talking over it. And, um, and they, they can't just, stop saying, like, it's bad, it's really bad, it's really, and, really bad. Yeah. And but also being Rhea like, this is nothing. Says, no, it's fine. Yeah, but while they're watching, the, yeah, this this is nothing. Like, this guy's a liar. and he, Oh, he doesn't yeah, know anything. Oh, oh, like they, that's just like no, Nobody's reassured. Nobody's reassured. I mean, that and that that's what the end of the episode is, is that Logan is convinced he has to do something very drastic. What's it going to be? Because ultimately the shareholders are going yeah. to... Vote f- they're going to want Sandy and Stewie to take over rather than keep the Logan family in charge. And they're more dangerous than Gil or the Senate. Yeah, definitely. Also, I, I should ask you this, John. Why yeah. is there someone named Gil and someone named Gilliard? Why would you do that as a writer? It's very confusing. <laughs> I, I can't explain it. Okay. <laughs> it upset me. Although I am curious about, since you mentioned uh, names, I'm curious that the name McClintock appears in in succession and veep it's it's lester's last name we said it's also mike mcclintock Mm -hmm. the bumbling press secretary in veep i don't know some poor mcclintock in the uh, iannucci orbit who's being trolled in both shows i bet there's something there i feel like there are those writers who use david simon does that he he had an editor he did not like and named a character in the wire who he did not like that particular last name oh i love that As you do. Okay, so let's um, wrap this one up. Toodle pip. You guys are all convinced that it's the, like, I, I want to know what's happening in episode 10 in the grand finale because, you know, season one, the final episode was 
jaw on the floor stuff. Can season two final episode live up to that? What was season one's final episode? Was that the wedding? That was that was Kendall's manslaughter. It was, it was the up. wedding, was the and, wedding. The, and the and the chapel yeah. quidditch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the chapel quidditch, exactly. Oh man, are we going to be late with the f- the finale? We should tell people that. Yeah, so don't don't expect Slate Money Succession to come out on Monday morning because we're going to see it on Sunday night along with the rest of you. We will come into the studio, record it on Monday morning, and then uh, it will we will rush it out as just as quick as the amazing Jessamine Molly can get it all done. But we will have a recap of the final episode. And all I want for Christmas is for season two, episode 10 to be half as good as season one episode, the final episode, because that was an amazing episode. I'm just so sad there's only one more. I'm like genuinely troubled. There's going to be another season though. I think that next episode is going to be absolutely packed. There's the, I, but I, there will be a blood sacrifice. That we have so, been promised a blood sacrifice. Yes. I want. Yes, I want blood. It, well, you may, can't make a comment without We all thought Kendall is that too obvious. I don't know. I don't know. Should we? I think it is Kendall. I think it's Kendall. But <sighs> he's going to give the order for somebody to shoot Roman. Or literally, Roman will be dead, and that will be the blood <laughs> sacrifice. It's actually that sounds awful. That does sound, yeah. that Logan cold? organized the no, whole hostage I think, situation. I think, the arc of season two is is Roman. You know, we haven't heard anything about the exploding rocket basically in season two. It was some thumbs. It was po- fine. There was, a, you know, a thumbs. couple of things at the beginning and then it got forgotten. Thumbs. And now, who needs them? And now Roman is 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 being set up as the person to to somehow save the day. I know that would be a bit weird. If that maybe happened. he'll He's get still going to be Shiv. Maybe he'll maybe. get a minor injury, like a, like a graze, a bullet will graze him or something. We need a hospital scene. And, like, make know. him grow up? <laughs> sure. This, do we, do we this is his, like, Prince Hal becomes Henry V moment. <laughs> I doubt it. Do we think that um, that Tom and Greg are going to jail? Mm. Mm. No, uh, no, because Greg could sell out Tom and avoid jail that way. He could. I feel like Greg is weaselly enough that He's holding on to that, maybe not to go to the feds, but maybe he to, still has to those, bring it to Logan and be like, pay me. Because he, he doesn't want to be the two world's poorest of paper rich in his person. Pants. Right. He's he, still got those two pieces of paper in his pants. He's going to whip <laughs> them out. They're still there. They've been there. That's terrible. <laughs> he's going whi- to open <laughs> up his pants and whip out his piece of paper. <laughs> two pieces wow. of paper. Logan would be so unimpressed by that. <laughs> Can anyone explain why Greg made the decision that he made? And gave up his two hundred fifty million really for the sake of working for Logan. Because he's dumb. I think that that's it. <laughs> he's genuinely shocked he's like to learn in that over his head when they tell him five million dollars is like not enough money. He's genuinely shocked to learn that, but seems to believe it at the right. same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's dumb is a good answer. Lizzie's got. Yeah, it. he's got that kind of like Doctor Evil like <laughs> blank look in his face. What you mean a million dollars isn't. One million dollars. That's the worst him. amount of money, apparently. Right. Logan flattered yeah. him pretty recently, and I think he's he's easily. He didn't flatter rude. him very much. No, but well, I think but it was Greg enough for Greg. For it. <laughs> it was enough for yeah. Greg. Like all of these people, I'm just like, take the money and walk. It's toxic. It's terrible. Just walk. That's what Kendall told Naomi. Yes, and she did it, and she does seem better now. Right. She was at the. Well, she Fanny didn't. Well, she didn't get I the money in the end. That it's oh, that's still, true. Pierce is still under family control. You're correct. Greg may be dumb, but he's ambitious. So I think it's just him. like Tom. That's just like Tom. It. I think. I think John. I think you've nailed it there. Like he. This is the only way that he can ever have a, any vague semblance of professional success in his life because he's clearly completely incompetent. He needs to do it via nepotism, and so he decides to take that route. Well, let's see what happens. I mean, that, that's Hitching why he's been his sticking around the, the whole time anyway. Tom Wamscans. <laughs> okay, so... I, um, can I just say one thing? Because before I came on this podcast, I always said that if I was on this podcast, I would just want to say my parents made a contribution to the wine. <laughs> <laughs> the Thank you. The great Wamscans lines of succession. I mean, that that's, that's a... Deep cut there, Lizzie. Thank you. That's that's all the way from season one. So, um, Lizzie, thank you for uh, making a contribution to the wine, which was a great line. John, thank you for coming on. It was awesome to have someone who actually understands how these things are structured. And <laughs> if you say, Jessamine, so. Molly, thank you for producing this. 
Many thanks to all of you. Many thanks to Emily. And we will be back next week with the grand finale of Sleep Money Succession. That was so much Bong. fun. <laughs> 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 are, are we supposed to sing the Can theme song? Can we add that? <laughs> Me singing bong, 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 bong. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.